This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something. Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. My name is Shalinda Kirby, and I'll be your host. Our guest today holds a Bachelor of Arts, majoring in economics, a Bachelor of Commerce, and a Bachelor of Law. He is currently Manitoba's Minister of Justice, Attorney General, and Government House Leader, while also serving as the co-chair of the Midwest-Canada-U.S. Relations Committee. He has also served as the 23rd Premier of Manitoba in the fall of 2021, following the resignation of Brian Pallister. During that time, he was also interim leader of the Manitoba PC Party. In addition, you can also find Deputy Premier of Manitoba on his resume, the Honorable Kelvin Gertson. Tell us what life is like for you these days as a man who wears many hats. Yeah, I mean, this is my sixth election campaign, so I'm not new to this. So I sort of know the routine, but it's a little different when you're in government because, you know, if you're a minister in a large department like justice, you know, you still have a lot of work on the minister's side, um, yet you're still preparing for a campaign. And so, you know, I spend a good deal of time still at the, ma- at the legislature. Uh, and then these days in the evening, spending a bit of time at Folklorama because we enjoy going to Folklorama. And then when those uh, few moments come up that are spare moments, really preparing for the campaign, getting the structure of the campaign ready in my own constituency, brochures and that sort of stuff. So it's busy, but it's a fun kind of busy. In terms of Crime Stoppers, what has been your involvement and what's your knowledge of the program? Probably like a lot of Manitobans, you know, I grew up hearing the commercials uh, about Crime Stoppers and the ability to call in if you knew a tip of a crime, which of course, when you're a young person, that's all very interesting how that process works. And then as you get a bit older, you realize, you know, there is a community involvement. There's a community importance to community safety. It's not just about, you know, the police. It's not just about, you know, the departments of justice federally or provincially. It really is in many ways a community response when there are concerns when it comes to crime. And so I think Crime Stoppers represents that in many ways, that community response. As Minister of Justice, got to know the program, you know, on a, on a more business uh, way uh, when the um, proponents came forward and talked about the uh, catalytic converter program and wanting to be involved in, in a problem that we had in Winnipeg and Manitoba, real, real spike in catalytic converter theft. So that's, you know, that uh, portion of your muffler on the bottom of your vehicle and people were having them stolen at really, really high rates a couple of years ago. So we were looking for things to bring that down. Part of that was a police response and they did a good job in terms of identifying those who were involved uh, in these uh, theft rings. Part of that was a legislative response, brought in legislation on uh, scrap metal uh, and uh, how it could be sold. But then Crime Stoppers came forward and said, listen, we think we can do some stuff both on education, but also on inscriptions on catalytic uh, converters. And so that three-pronged effect really, uh, probably this is a story that hasn't been told enough, really drove down the number of catalytic converter thefts we've seen in Manitoba. So that's really positive, and Crime Stoppers was a big part of that. So I know it is a Manitoban, growing up and and hearing a lot about it. But now as the Minister of Justice, I see it from that perspective of how can they be involved in in really effectively reducing crime. 
not only as the Minister of Justice, but also as a citizen of the province of Manitoba. How do you support law enforcement? So I think one of the things, you know, as as a citizen that I've tried to do long before I was in elected life uh, is just to say thank you to people, not not just the law enforcement, the people who are serving more more generally. And so long before I was in elected life or really even that interested in politics, you know, I would take time. I worked in a grocery store uh, called Penner Foods back in the day. You have to be a certain age to remember this grocery store. But I worked in a grocery store in Steinbeck called Penner Foods. Uh, and so I had a lot of chance to see people who were in the community. And I would recognize people who are either elected leaders or who were in law enforcement. I would just go and say, hey, thanks for the work that you're doing. It often caught people, you know, by surprise as a, as a teenager to be doing that. But I thought it was important. So I sort of continued that and tried to instill that into my own family, into my son, to when you see people who are in the community, police officers, others who are involved in, in serving in some way, just say thank you. It costs you absolutely nothing. It's probably going to surprise them because they're usually, you know, approached with some sort of a request or some sort of a complaint. And it makes you feel as good as it makes them feel. So that's sort of like, you know, a citizen's response. It doesn't cost you anything. And I think there's a lot of value to that, to those who are receiving it, law enforcement or, or really others. You know, as the Minister of Justice and in, in, in government, that's somewhat extended. So we have a responsibility now speaking to the Association of Manitoba municipalities about this well of acts, so other municipal officials, and saying we have a responsibility when it comes to law enforcement to not jump to conclusions, to offer them support when we can, and to when there are concerns or problems to let process play out. We live in a world these days where everybody jumps to a conclusion either on social media or elsewhere on almost everything in life. And that can have a lot of damage to people when those conclusions are jumped to. And it's really tough to sort of go back and then fix that. So I've said, let's, let's be careful with law enforcement. Let's support them where we can. Let's not jump to conclusions right away. They're in a tough job where they're being criticized almost in the moment. And it's having an impact. It's having a negative impact. Because when you look at, you know, recruitment of law enforcement across Canada, whether it's the RCMP or municipal forces, but particularly the RCMP, it's really hard to get people to go into those jobs. And, and why would people go into those jobs if they're always going to be criticized, if everything they do is going to be second-guessed on the spot? That is a problem. That doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't process and there aren't things that we have to, you know, go through when there are problems. But I think where we can, we should be supportive of, of law enforcement as elected officials and try to encourage that more broadly in the community. Again, that doesn't cost you anything to do that. Then in terms of supporting law officials, from a financial perspective, there are times when governments do have to step up and go, look, you know, we have a problem. These days, we have a particular problem, not just in Manitoba, but across Canada, when it comes to, to violent crime and crime in general. And that means stepping up with programs, I mean, stepping up with finances, we've been doing that uh, as a government. And, and I think other governments across Canada are looking at doing and are doing the same thing. Yeah, there's a financial component to it, but some of it is also, you know, how we communicate about policing uh, in the province and in Canada generally. In regards to the issue of crime in general, what ways would you like to see change and what is the province's stance on crime reduction and prevention? So we know that we have a problem and it's been a growing problem uh, across Canada for a few years now. And, And I think that there are really you know, three prongs that you have to look at, sort of the immediate, the medium term and the long term. When we're talking about a long term effect on crime, 
obviously investments into communities, recreation, you know, so that the really young children can get involved uh, in things where they're getting good peer support, where they're getting, you know, building healthy relationships. So government has been has been doing that. And most recently, you know, I think there's a hundred million dollars uh, program for arts and recreation. You've been hearing lots of announcements about that over the last couple of years. And that really is about that long term effect. How do we ensure that young people who might not otherwise have great influences in their lives can find their way into places where where they do? Growing up as a you know in a family, there was a single. My mom was a single mother. My dad passed away when I was young from his addiction to alcohol. I know how important it is to have you know healthy influences in your life when some of those are maybe removed for reasons that are not in your control as a young person. So that's that's a long term sort of investment. The medium term, I think, is is more about you know how do we get support for those who are dealing with addictions and mental health, and there's a correlation between those two things. So the investments that we're putting now into more treatment spaces, more than 1,500 new treatment spaces, uh, is a really important sort of medium-term effect to get people support right away uh, where they're dealing with addictions. That's going to have an effect because there's a correlation, as I mentioned, between mental health and addictions, but then also uh, with crime for those who are maybe committing crimes as a result of their addiction or to feed their uh, addiction. And then there's sort of an immediate uh, effect. And so that is more about getting people, police officers on the streets immediately, dealing with things that are happening right now. So we're investing in more um, officers in downtown Winnipeg, uh, downtown community safety officers uh, as well, because not all, every call is a 911 call. A lot of them are 211 calls, right, where somebody just needs different kinds of support beyond uh, policing and trying to integrate these units. Manitoba is a real big province when it comes to geography. We're not a big province when it comes to population. So you've got primarily the RCMP, although we have municipal forces rurally too, but we have primarily the RCMP and you've got the Winnipeg Police Service and we're trying to integrate them a little bit more. So integrated missing persons unit, integrated high risk warrant unit, so that we have this sort of broad approach to, uh, to problems uh, that we can have an immediate impact with. Long-term investments in things like recreation, more medium-term um, impact by investing into treatments for addictions and mental health, uh, and then a more uh, immediate impact when it comes to having police who can respond to things that are happening right now. Now, you talked about the integration of RCMP and city police. What kind of relationship would you like to see the provincial government have with police? It's a professional and respectful relationship. So it begins with respect. We respect the work that law enforcement do. It's professional in that the Minister of Justice doesn't direct policing uh, on a day-to-day operational level. And sometimes I know that that's, that's hard for people to, to understand or maybe sometimes accept when they want a particular thing done if, if something is happening and they want immediate police intervention. You know, there's often a call for the Minister of Justice to direct the police to do that. You know, the bigger example is, or maybe the easiest example is, we might have a concern with, as an example, drinking and driving in the province of Manitoba, and we do. And so we'll put in programs and say to the police, you know, we're looking for a drinking and driving program to reduce drinking and driving, maybe have more check stops. We're going to fund that. But the Minister of Justice doesn't say, charge that person with drinking and driving. Don't charge that person with drinking and driving. That's operational. That's sort of the distance between the Justice Minister and the operations of the police. You don't want to live in a country where politicians are determining who gets arrested and who doesn't get arrested. Those are generally not the kind of countries you want to live in. But that professional relationship then between 
law enforcement and the government that's built on respect, it means that you're communicating a lot about the problems, about potential solutions, uh, and how those two can work together. So that's really, I think, been increased in the last few years uh, with us, with Winnipeg Police Service, with the RCMP, other municipal uh, officials saying, hey, can the community safety officer program, can that help you? Maybe not everything has to be done by a police officer who's traditionally trained through WPS or the RCMP. Maybe a community safety officer can come along and, and support you in that. That may not have been accepted 15 or 20 years ago, but I think we're hearing a lot more now from mainline police officers who are saying, yeah, we actually like that because there are some things that we just can't do. There are some things we probably shouldn't be doing. And maybe there's some things we don't want to be doing because we're doing, doing other things. So we come along with that relationship built on respect. They come with ideas and then you try to bring those two together. Mental health has been a focus in a number of areas over the years. And when it comes to policing, can you speak on the support that you would like to see for law enforcement? This is a really good question and discussion I've been having, particularly with the chair of the Winnipeg Police Association. And, and he's really spoken about the passion he has for mental health for the officers and in his association. It would be true in the RCMP as well, because, you know, rightfully for, for a long time, when we would talk about trauma, we would talk about, you know, the trauma of those who were victimized uh, in crime. And that and there's a good reason why we talk about that. But I think more recently, we've also come to realize there's trauma from those who are seeing that trauma. Uh, and so RCMP officers and uh, WPS and other police officers who are responding and they're seeing uh, these acts of violence or seeing other things, you know, that have particular disturbance. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're, they're onboarding that, you know, sometimes they're taking that home and it's affecting their lives because they're having that significant mental health response. You know, I think we've done more work in terms of supporting programs that can be administered by those law enforcement officials and we're doing more of that to say how can we provide support to you so you can have programs within your police uh, forces to deal with issues around mental health some of that might just be identifying it because a lot a lot of times you have people who are in law enforcement and their goal is to help others they're not really thinking about themselves they go into it to help others and they're the last people they think about and often they don't realize that they're dealing with trauma until you know, in, until it's too late because it's affecting their own family or, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing more and more suicide uh, in those who are in law enforcement. Uh, so we're doing more in terms of providing financial support for those uh, programs. And we need to be able to ensure that police officers are self-identifying and realizing that there's an impact to what they're seeing as well. One last question before you go, because you were such a pivotal part in the Save Your Cat program, which is a campaign that Crime Stoppers rolled out in partnership with the province, uh, I would love to hear you speak more on that and how it felt to see the number of catalytic converter thefts go down because of it. You know, there's a lot of positive things about it. One is that, you know, some of the funding for Crime Stoppers came through the proceeds of Crime Fund. And that's really, you know, I think is, is a neat story where you get proceeds of crime. So, you know, Police officers are out there arresting criminals. Often they're getting vehicles or different sorts of things as part of that. That gets monetized and then it gets turned back into things for police officers or for crime stoppers. So it goes, you know, the money that thieves are using in the creation of crime is turned against them to try to stop crime. You know, that, that's a nice story to start with. Uh, and then when it comes to what crime stoppers and others did, the police officers in terms of reducing catalytic converter theft, 
you know, this was something that was plaguing North America, and we were certainly getting affected here. And a lot of folks came to me and said, you know what, it's nothing that can be done. Uh, it's going to really have to rely on the manufacturers of the car manufacturers to put in things, almost like the immobilizer program, right, when it came to car theft. They're going to have to deal with it at the manufacturing level. And I said, okay, like that, that might be true, and that might, ca- that might catch up at some point. But that's a long time between, you know, where we are today and when manufacturers might be able to, you know, change how they're designing cars to stop catalytic converted theft, like they're having cages around these things or something. That's a long time. And there's a lot of people who are going to be impacted when they're going to the movie theater and they come out and they find out their cat has been stolen. Now they got to go and get it repaired. Like that's a lot of people who are going to be victimized between that time. So when Crime Stoppers came forward with this idea, uh, I thought, hey, this is great. Let's give this a try. We knew the police were doing uh, other things and we knew legislation was coming forward. So when those numbers started to go down, to me, it was a validation again that sometimes problems seem too big to be solved and people kind of throw up their hands and go, look, there's nothing we can do about this. It's just going to have to work itself out in time. But there are creative people who come forward with creative ideas and who want to get involved uh, and can be successful. And this was an example of that success. So I think it gives us encouragement for there can be success in other things when other problems in crime seem to be too big and they can't be handled or they can't be improved, that there are ways to improve. Now, I'm glad that you raised the question because sometimes we don't talk about it enough. Sometimes when there's a problem, it gets all the focus in the media. And then when the problem gets you know, resolved to some extent, then we just go on to the next problem. Um, but, but it's actually good to say, listen, like this has been a positive impact and we should talk about it because it might give us ideas and encouragement for the other problems we're dealing with. Thank you to the Honorable Kelvin Gertson, Minister of Justice, for being a guest on the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. Crime Stoppers is an anonymous way to provide police with information about a crime or potential crime that you have knowledge of. You never have to reveal your identity. And the best part is if your tip leads to an arrest, we will pay you a cash reward. You can submit a tip by calling 1-800-222-TIPS or send an anonymous tip online on our website, winnipegcrimestoppers.com. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby. And remember, see something, say something.